This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use promo code DNVR, you can make a $5 money line bet on the NBA and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's with code DNVR and that's with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. Joining me today is my very good friend, the Tulsa King himself, <laughs> the better half of the Kirkland boys. Oh, there it is. Right Kevin there. Henry of Fanside. What's going on, dude? P-Lions. Good to see you, man. Glad Great to be here. Great to see you. Yeah, seriously. I love hanging out here. And and we have Rockies news to talk about. Shall we? Which is nice. Yeah. A lot of, we've got baseball news to talk about. Qualifying offers went out. Some were accepted. Some were declines. There's trades. I was I was thinking yesterday and in, in some of the topics we were going to discuss, and the thought came of, when, when is the offseason really going to begin? Because nothing has happened yet. Right. And nothing major has happened yet, but we're picking up steam now, I think. Oh, absolutely. It really feels like it. You know, Buck Showalter, I was on his uh, conference call last night after National League Manager of the Year, and he was talking about how the offseason is such a misnomer. He said because it has really turned into there is no offseason, you know, and joking about, uh, you know, who the Mets are going to pick up, you know, and things like that. And, and it makes you think that, yeah, the ebbs and flows. I don't feel like there's as much downtime as there even was maybe a decade ago. Seriously. Yeah. No, I think there's a there's a lot of truth to that. Either either maybe by design, you know, Major League Baseball trying to make it a 12 month league similar to the NFL. Although the NFL, once once rosters are settled, I mean, there really is no news. Yeah. I mean, there's camps and all that stuff, and obviously there's spring training, but there's still news happening with that players getting injured and whatnot. So. You're right. It, it and and this I think off season is going to feel even more action packed because there's not going to be a lockout for you know 99 days. Oh, absolutely. So we're not going to have three months of. All right, are there minor league free agents? Like, I, you know how pumped I was last year when I go wait Ty Block 
wait, this guy's from Colorado. Does anybody else know that the Rockies should sign him? And then they did. And I was like, oh man, what a wonderful baseball world. This is our first regular heading into the season since 2019. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know what March 2020 was going to be. Exactly. But still. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited about that. Just knowing 2022 is going to be normal heading into 23. And if, and if you're talking about the season ending, what, well, yeah, even then, you can't even say, all right, the season ended normally, and then off season's great, no hitch, spring training starts on time, opening day starts on time. You go, all right, well, that hasn't happened since 2018, 2019, but even still, that hasn't happened yet because we had a World Series going into you know, practically the second week of November. So I don't think we feel it quite as much. I think front offices do yeah. with everything getting pushed back in that capacity. So uh, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's the hot stove season, no doubt. And the Rockies were busy. We expected them to be. They had seven open roster spots on their 40-man roster, and they were going to add some prospects. The question was, how many and who are they going to be? Yep. I think the, the – I only had two of them right. Two and a half, maybe. We'll talk about the half in a bit. But Warming Bernabell and Brenton Doyle, they do get added to the 40-man roster. Uh, Bernabell, a little bit more of an unknown, really, you know, played a little bit last yep. year at, at high A Spokane. But a third baseman, only 20 years old, so uh, ha- has a really good pedigree. I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, might come from him in the next season or two. Yeah, and, and I think the unknown factor is the thing that's that's very interesting. You know, we know the numbers he put up in Fresno. We know what he's mm-hmm. done in the past. What can he do to keep that progression going, which leads me into the Brenton Doyle, the other one. You know, because this is a guy that I think really snuck into a lot of radars. Uh, you know, I remember when he was first at Coors Field talking yeah. about, you know, he was he was very confident. Very <laughs> <You know? laughs> confident. All caps, underline <laughs> it. It's like... Who is this dude? Yeah, yeah 2019, you brought him out. At, but you know what? He's lived up to it. I yeah. mean, he's he's walked the talk, man. And so for him now to be on the 40, man, I'm really excited to see what happens with him because I, I keep going back to that very first time we talked to him. And yeah, this I remember walking away going, who who's this guy I think he is? You know, but he was very confident that, yeah, I'll be back here, of course. You know, he didn't step around the question or anything else, and he's on the path. Super producer Ali, I don't know if you have a mic. I'm putting you on the spot here. We're talking about Brenton Doyle, and we're talking about a guy who just got drafted third round. Super confidence. If you had to throw two or three guesses as to where he went to school, where would you guess a guy with, again, almost cockiness? Maybe it was cockiness. Where do you think he may have gone to school? I don't I don't know. Do you think it's some good Division One universities? That have you know, decent baseball programs or even good football programs. Because this guy's built like a linebacker. Oh, yeah. He's from Colorado? No, he's not. No, okay. He's not. So where is he from? Can you give me the state? He, uh, I think he's from West Virginia. But again, confident guy, just drafted third round. A university like, would you say an LSU? Would you throw that on there? Sure. The confident down there, right? <laughs> Florida State. Yeah. I mean, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt is a... Sure. Mandy boy. There, they are a baseball factory. Allie, <laughs> he went to Division II Shepherd University in West Virginia. Oh, wow. In the city of Shepherd, West Virginia, yeah. I think. Absolutely. I, I, we have never heard of it. I was going to say, yeah, University of West Virginia, but I'm not sure if they have a baseball program. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, they do. It's, it's, it's okay. But Small no, no, he, he got overlooked by the Mountaineers. Exactly. And that's the confidence that he had. And you go, interesting. And he talked about, like, hey, man, you know, I had. My gym had duct tape on all the benches and, uh, you know, we were using concrete weights. Like it was very old school. 
uh, in that way. And now he's got, you know, the best coaches around, best facilities, and he's made the most of it. And he's a five-tool player, you know, was a minor league gold glove award winner last year, has all the tools, you know, I think in his uh, three full seasons in the minors, what, uh, 50 home runs, 61 stolen bases, and not 61 stolen bases and then like 40 caught stealings, you know, not not that many, like something like 12. So he's he's an athlete. We talked to him in spring training, right? Absolutely. Big and, big guy. And guess what? Still had that confidence. Still you know? did, yeah. And, and and I think that there is a difference between confidence and cockiness. And and you're right. When we first met him, it kind of came off as cockiness. Yeah. But the more that you <laughs> talk to Brenton, it's like, no, the guy just believes in himself. And he bets on himself every day, and, and it's paid off for him. Yeah, he, he was uh, great to talk to in spring training. Yep. Yeah, definitely had it toned down a bunch. I was married, has a kid. So, I mean, like this, he's a man. He is. He's a man. We see, we'll see him in, in uh, at Coors Field this year. We will. And and I think that, you know, for all the, the buzz that there is around Zach Bean and everything else, and it's well-deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that Brenton Doyle is going to be a guy that whenever he gets his chance, he'll turn some heads. Yeah, he's going to be exciting. Bernabelle, we've got a little ways to go. Yeah. Then we've got two players uh, not really on my radar. Julio Carreras kind of got an honorable mention for me. 22 year old, uh, middle infielder. He mostly played shortstop this past year at Spokane. He was, uh, an organizational all-star for the Rockies and, uh, Blair Calvo, a really good story. 26 year old guy, uh, also at a division two school mm-hmm. flagler yep. and, uh, down in Florida and his, again, really good story. Late bloomer, you know, a little bit more about about his life. Yeah, and I mean, I encourage everybody, go to the Rockies blog on therockies.com because Jack Atkin wrote a really tremendous story about Calvo and and how he battered, battled heart arrhythmia this past season. And he really details in there, and I think you've read it as well, mm-hmm. about that moment on the mound whenever his heart just started racing. And he, I mean, in the middle of a game, didn't know what was going on, anything else. So not only for him to overcome that, but to come back and actually put up the numbers he did there at the end at Hartford, you know, I, that's impressive. It was really good. Yep. Participated with Salt River Raptors in the Arizona Fall League. As yep. uh, guys, 23rd round pick. So we know the Rockies need starting pitching. And so he's got something there, has a good slider when he's on. You know, it, it's pretty wipeout and can strike out some guys. So that's good to see. Absolutely. So another guy we should probably be seeing. Carreras, again, probably not. But I'm not going to count him out. Calvo, I think we'll probably end up seeing him get called up and a guy we'll most certainly end up seeing and a guy that I wasn't surprised he was added. He wasn't necessarily on my list. We thought maybe he would have been uh, on the 40-man roster late in the season to get his call up, did get injured. That was unfortunate. But fourth overall pick in the 2016 MLB draft, Riley Pine, now on the Rockies' 40-man roster. You know, and and it will be such a great story whenever he does. And and I think you and I both agree he is going to get to Colorado. Yeah. He is going to get a chance to pitch. And it's going to be such a great redemption story, I think, for him to finally get past everything that he's been through to get to this point. And I just hope that it's it's a good ending to the story. You know, the story keeps going, too. Uh, but, you know, some of his numbers may be a little concerning, uh, you know, toward toward the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, still command is is still kind of an issue. You know, when he's in the zone, he, he strikes guys out, I think like 11.4 strikeouts per nine uh, at AA and, and just a little bit there in, in, in Hartford. So the strikeout potential is there. It's just not walking guys. We know that can be frustrating to any manager, but had to deal with we his fair Bud. share yep. of that. He had to deal with his, <laughs> his fair share of that this past season for sure. So uh, it's funny you say that, like, you know, redemption story, you know, where does it end? And it's like, again, if you think of it in a movie aspect, like are, are you looking at Riley Pine's entire life? Or are you just looking at his playing career? Because I think in a way it's already been a success because for anyone that doesn't know, 
in June of, of last year in 2021, he retired. Yeah. He just straight up said like, you know, this is too much. Um, maybe a combination of, of the pressure on him, you know, a kid from drafted out of high school in Kansas, you know, again, fourth overall, those expectations, Brendan Rogers had to Big. deal with it too. Big. You know, he, I, I think, you know, he had, uh, he had more in the ways of the numbers that he was able to put up through the minors to kind of help him. But still we, we even saw it last year, that pressure of being a really high draft pick, what that can do to you while you're going through the minor leagues. And so it got to the point where, you know, Pint basically had to step away, came back rejuvenated this year. And so he's got, it's kind of already a success, I think. Absolutely. Good story. You know, and I know you remember whenever we used to talk to John Gray about the pressure that came along with being yeah. that high draft pick as a pitcher. You know, anytime that you have a bad outing, it's automatically go back to, oh, well, the Rockies drafted him high, so dot, dot, dot. You know, and Pint's been dealing with that for so long that it'll be good for him to be able to at least show he got past you know, the retirement, came back, you know, and I'll never forget sitting there and looking at the spring training, and it's just one of those little minor transaction things. So I'm like, wait a minute, Riley Pines back? You yeah. Know, I mean, seriously, that was just such a weird moment to go. He unretired, and then he not only did that, but came back strong. Yeah, that was that was really nice to see that yeah. for him. Uh, that's 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 a wonderful story. Love that. Definitely. Uh, the sixth man. The sixth man that they they <laughs> added uh, wasn't Juan Brito. That was that was kind of my dark horse guy. Uh, second baseman uh, was an all star in the California League this past year with Fresno. Really great. Go back and listen to the conversation last week with the Fresno Grizzlies, Stephen Rice, because he really pumped up Juan Brito. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how his career goes. But we're not going to see it as a member of the Colorado Rockies because he was traded. Just after they they made the announcement, okay, five guys added. There's still room for two more players. What's going on with that? Rockies agreed to a trade with the Cleveland Guardians. Juan Brito for third baseman slash outfielder Nolan Jones. Rockies have a Nolan again. And I think that's important. I think that <laughs> at some point you've got to make sure, you know, if St. Louis has two with Gorman and Arenado, we got to at least have one here, right? That's it. And I, and I looked it up. Uh, Nolan Reimold and Nolan Fantana, those guys are retired, unfortunately. So we'll see if maybe uh, Andre Nolan Dawson, do they bring him in as uh, an assistant to the GM kind of situation? Uh, Nolan Ryan, I mean, he, he could battle for a fifth starter spot. I think he could. On actually. most teams, not I, just the Rockies. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. So we'll see if they can get the Nolan number up to two. Uh, we'll sort of wait and see what happens. We're not going to have an emergency press conference with him uh, or anything uh, with Nolan Jones. He's currently in Europe right now. He's in Spain. Poor his, guy. His brother plays uh, in the European Hockey League out there, oh, I believe. I so Very it's cool. kind of interesting. Nice. But Jones is um, – this is an interesting trade, and a lot of people kind of saying right away from the get-go, Rockies may have fleeced the, the Guardians. I don't know if it'll be that simple because, again, Guardians are saying, hey, let's part ways with this guy. But Jones is uh, is very – very interesting. He is. And and I think that there's a lot of ways that he could fit into the future of the Rockies as well. You know, and, and the first thing I thought is, do they really need another corner infielder slash outfielder? But right. Jones has some really interesting numbers. Now, strikeouts are a little bit of a concern. But if the if the Rockies can find a way to unlock that, I think he could be a valuable piece for them. Yeah, 2016 draft, uh, third-round pick out of high school just outside of Philadelphia. So, we, of course, will be talking with Susie about that tomorrow. I'm sure she'll be all about that. She will no be doubt. all about that. <laughs> yes. Holy Ghost Preparatory School was the name of it. She's like, what a name. Wow. So we'll, we'll get her official take tomorrow uh, <laughs> on the name of his high school. But uh, almost immediately, you know, was like a top 100 prospect. Uh, that was a name that was was buzzing around for a while that I, that I know. And, you know, you keep tabs on the prospects all around the game. 
And since 2019, he's been in a top 100 prospect. Actually, it's the start of last season in 2021. I think he was, according to Baseball America, like the 45th best overall prospect. So this is a guy that, again, curious why Cleveland would have maybe given up on him yeah. so quickly. They also, uh, as you mentioned, he's a third baseman by trade. Guardians have a pretty good one in Jose Ramirez. Absolutely. So there's no use in just having a couple reps. So uh, last season, of course, uh, he moved you know pretty much full-time to the outfield. Has a really good arm. And he's a left-handed bat, and in the minors, he had a 394 on-base percentage, really small sample size this past year, 28 games. Uh, I want to say like 94 at-bats, uh, maybe even less than that. But uh, So the on-base percentage, you know, not, not as, as impressive, small sample size. But in the minors, 394 on-base percentage, probably a stretch to say maybe this is kind of the poor man's Brandon Nimmo. You can put him in center. He bats left-handed, top of the lineup, a stretch. But you could at least whisper and maybe be a little bit hopeful and wistful yeah. about it and say, hey, all right, this guy could be something. No, I think you can make a case for it. I absolutely do. And, you know, and you and I were talking a little bit on the way down here about trades. And when do you really see who won the trade? Because I know everybody loves to talk about that. Right. But everything I've read so far, everybody's like, all right, maybe Colorado got something here. And, and as you said, Cleveland, maybe there wasn't a place for him. Colorado, there's absolutely places where I think he could fit in. Yeah, Brito, I, I, you know, I guess they did not really see him as as a good 40-man guy, and so shop him out, and you bring back you know, Major League talent. Not bad, since Brito still had you know, a good two or three more years, probably until uh, he even sniffed the Major Leagues. Was there anybody—so for me, I had Grant Levine, Aaron Schunk, and Carl Kaufman as three guys who would be added to the 40-man. They are not, so that means they will be exposed to the Rule 5 draft next month at the winter meetings, Wednesday— December 7th. We'll kind of wait and see what happens. If you're drafted or signed at 18 years of age or younger and you've been in the minors for five years or more, you got to be put on the 40-man or else you could be uh, poached in the Rule 5 draft. If you are 19 or older and have spent four years or more in the minor leagues, again, you got to be put on that 40-man. Yeah. Those are the three guys, Levine, Shunk, Kaufman. Anybody for you that jumped out is like, hey, I thought maybe this guy could – could be a surprising name like like the Blair Calvo that we yeah, got. Yeah, well, and, and I think, speaking of Calvo, Willie McIver was behind the plate whenever Calvo had his medical issue. And and he's a guy that I'm really curious, where where is he going in this, in this organization right now? I was a little surprised that maybe he wasn't put on there because there was so much buzz around him at the Futures game. Yeah. You know, and, and it feels like that buzz is definitely tapered off. So what happens to McIver, and does he fit in? to the plans for the Rockies. He he last year was his first year to to possibly get protected and that that was shocking last year. I still thought there was a chance he could do it this year. Yeah. Uh kind of I don't I don't think he had the same success he did uh as early as last year going into the Futures game here at Coors Field, but he's a guy that you know I got we got a question uh, at DNVR underscore Rockies on on Twitter basically that hey the Rockies only have two guys on their 40 man roster. Do they need more catchers? And you go well, they probably will because you don't go an entire season right. without a catcher getting hurt. Although they did in 2021. It was just Dom Nunez and Elias Diaz. Uh, and I think in 1997, it was Kurt Manwaring and Jeff Reed. Only those two guys. Um, so that was that, that's, again, very rare. But we saw it this past year. Dom Nunez wasn't getting it done. Brian Servin was. You make a 40-man transaction, right? Maybe somebody goes on the 60-day IL. Yeah. You don't even lose anybody. And then you can go ahead and put on a guy like Willie McIver, who probably is next in line. I would think so, yeah. If you look at the organizational chart, it makes sense that he would be. 
but I also think that he's he's still got a lot to prove as far as actually getting to Coors. So, you know, is he going to be a triple-A guy, get a, get all the chances and be that third in line? Very possible for sure. Yeah, we're, we're seeing in the chat on the DMVR Sports channel on YouTube a question about that Rule 5 draft. And I, I sort of put out there when the Rockies had eight open availabilities, you know, after cutting ties with uh, with a bunch of players, Witten Bernard, Ty Block, Ashton Godot, et cetera. Uh, although I think he wasn't even on the 40, man. He, he's now a minor league free agent. Um, but nevertheless, they had eight spots. And I go, well, they don't have that many prospects to possibly protect. Could they be active in the Rule 5? Uh, the roster is now at 39. Mm-hmm. So they do have one spot to possibly take a player. Now, again, you if you draft a player, you don't just get them necessarily. You got to offer the, uh, you got to pay $100,000 um, to get the player. And he you know, basically has to stay on your roster for like a minimum of, of three months. You got to roster him the entire season. He's got to be healthy for at least three months. So we'll sort of wait and see if that happens. The Rockies will be active. They typically aren't. They're not. But but this year's going to be a really interesting Rule 5 with 2020, minor league season being yep. wiped out. Everybody's still getting out of service time. So there's guys out there who aren't going to be protected that there's a year of data that we missed out on those guys for all 30 teams. So I think that this year's Rule 5 could actually be really interesting compared to years past when, when you and I have kind of gone, eh, you know, and, and not really paid attention to it. This year, I think it could be. And it's inside the winter meetings this year, not like the very last thing before you go home. Usually it's the Thursday. Everyone's already leaving. Exactly. Who cares about it? And you're right. They did switch that up a little bit. So that that's kind of curious. Maybe maybe they know something that, that we don't. It might be worth watching. Seriously. But if you are listening to this right now, you know something that others may not, is that we are the home for the global chalice. It's soccer season. That's, yes. I think, what we're legally allowed to uh, to call it the official home uh, for the Rapids. We're going to have players coming in, too. We're going to be open every day, 6 a.m. starting Monday, right? Yes, and it's a WRLD Cup. WRLD oh, Cup. That's nice. what we're calling it. That also rolls off the tongue really <laughs> easily that. as well. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well yeah, uh, but look, if you're here, you know what we're talking about. Team USA is going down on Monday at noon. It's, it's going to be electric for... A month straight Black Friday is another one of the games. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, and if soccer's not your bag and hockey is, guess what? There's still actually time for you to get a ticket over on DNVRLocker.com. The LaCroix Hockey Gathering, it, it's going to be amazing. On Thursday, 4 to 8, legends like Milan Hayduk and Adam Foote are going to be there, uh, former Avs players. They're my favorite from that era. Because again, like there's the obvious guys. You're like, all right, everyone loves Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick. So you sure. got to have like one of the second tier guys. Love that. And they're like, hey, Duke and Footer were like my two guys for that. So that was perfect. Uh, I think there's a, a Nathan McKinnon high, autographed hockey stick uh, that's that's being given away. Camel car signed hockey puck. It's a really fantastic event to get in on. And you can still get tickets now over at dnvrlocker.com. You can get a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com. If you sign up for an annual membership, if you just want to check it out for one month, it's only 50 cents for that first month. Members only Discord. We've got a Broncos tailgate going on this Sunday. Too many things to list. Just know the dnvr.com is where you can get all of that. And more, it's uh, at, here at the bar, of course, on the corner of Colfax, New York, is where you can get some wonderful Breck brew, particularly the Broncos country, because it's it's still football season, for better or worse. Rocky, uh, the, the Broncos are not out of it. That's a 40-in slip. Rockies, Broncos, Ooh, same difference. Yeah. Same general difference right now, unfortunately. Um, but the Rockies don't have a Breck brew right now. 
Bron- Broncos do. And they've got that wonderful logo, uh, the Orange Crush logo. I love that. Uh, the Orange, uh, the Broncos Country Pale Ale. It's got 100% Colorado ingredients. Great for two Colorado companies coming together. It's your go-to throughout the entire football season. Check out the beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. And as we said, basketball is back in full force. Have you ever gone to an Oklahoma City Thunder game? I know you're the Tulsa King, you but know, do you make it to OKC at all? Dare, dare I say, for the Denver crowd, I used to be a season ticket holder for many years with those Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, you were a Thunderer? That? I was a Thunderer. Yeah, is, is that, oh, there, there's two errs on it. Thunderer errs. <laughs> you know, it just okay. Keeps going. <laughs> That's it. That's yep. it. I, how are they faring this year? I, know, I mean, are you throwing $5 money line bet on the Thunder in order to win $200 in free bets? You no, know, they're. Without Chet Holmgren, they're still doing okay. You okay. know, they're they're not going to challenge Denver. Let's just put it that way. But they're yeah, right. okay. Those are the days: you know. Durant, Harden, and yeah. Russell Westbrook. What you, could have been? You come from Seattle, and yes, I know the Sonics thing because my wife is a native. We've had this argument oh. many a times about the Sonics and Thunder. But yeah, that very first year, as you said, you know, you get all this young talent in. Uh, still got a picture of my daughter with heart with uh, KD. You know, really, ba- ba- young KD. Wow, not grizzled KD. You know, absolutely. So, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, also too, Kev, if you don't want to go on the money line bet for OKC, you do have uh, some options with the stepped up same game parlays where uh, you can get in on the action and actually double your earnings, one hundred percent. Uh, back there uh, with your winnings with the same game parlays. It's really cool. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We did have a couple, well, they weren't Rockies transactions, but we had some X Rocks. Yes. Uh, kind of part ways from their team. Jeff Hoffman, designated for assignment by the Reds. Rymel Tapia, DFA'd by the Blue Jays. And two Giants, Dom Nunez and Colton Welker, all DFA'd. Too bad, so sad. It, strange. It is. Yeah, it's strange. You know, and, and that Tapia thing, of course, he'll land somewhere. There's, there's no yeah. doubt he'll land somewhere. Uh, but I'm really curious to see what kind of impact he has next year at the major league level. Yeah, I, I think what happens is you've got so many f- these fringy guys that are in their second or third year of arbitration that, eh, you know what, either getting paid X amount or they're expected to make so much in arbitration. Let's cut bait and just grab somebody else's arbitration guy who also got DFA'd, who we're also, we want to pay a little bit less, and then you save, you know, maybe half a million dollars. Again, when you're throwing out, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred million dollars on free agents, it's like half a million dollars, really? These how these companies operate. Absolutely, you know, and I think it is a testament to Tapia just didn't fit in as the left-handed bat the Blue Jays wanted. I mean, if yeah. if he had been, he'd still be there. So I think that there is still that mark about he didn't really find a place in Colorado. He didn't really find a place in Toronto. Will he find a place somewhere? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with yep. that. As we talked about on Tuesday's show, Vinny Castilla elected to the Mexican Baseball Hall of Fame. Two-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner at third base. 320 career home runs in 16 seasons. Six times he hit over 300. Three times he hit over 40 homers. Six times he hit over 30 home runs. I mean, legendary guy. And for a Mexican-born player of of his caliber, uh, sort of long overdue. Actually, I think he was elected in 2020. In the first big class 
uh, that they've had in in a while, and unfortunately because of the pandemic, they weren't able to get it get to it until uh, this past weekend. Now, congrats to him, so well deserving, and I think he's one of those guys that his numbers get so overlooked, and he's yeah. got that Coors asterisk, unfortunately, with him. But man, what a player he was! Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and he he left Coors Field and was still really productive. Absolutely. Had some good years with with Houston, you know, a little bit there in uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, amongst others. So uh, fantastic career, over a thousand RBI. And I don't know if you've seen it, but the the image of the museum itself, the architecture is amazing. The view of the mountains there in Monterey. Fantastic. This building was constructed back in 2019. So their last class was 2014. And after that, maybe they were in the process of, uh, of building this. But right right by a little river there, I mean, it's it's absolutely stunning. I sort of feel like I need to go down there, make a pilgrimage to Monterey to check out this museum. It is absolutely stunning. You know what? Um, I, maybe we should make that work. I, I, I don't think that would be such a bad thing at all. I'd That's love it. That. Road trip. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah, they got, I think, exactly 200 members. Uh, also, Armando Reynoso in there, too, which is nice. That is cool. We've been talking a lot, Kevin, about the hype meter for Zach Veen. Yes. And before the Arizona Fall League, very clearly, there would have been a 0% chance that Zach Veen would be on the opening day roster. Then he tears up the Arizona Fall League. Yep. Then he's winning all kinds of awards here and there. Uh, Arizona Fall League Offensive Player of the Year, and he's doing it against guys two, three years older than him, basically double-A AA to triple-A caliber pitching, and you begin to think, maybe there's a chance. The line right now is 10%, so still sure. probably not going to happen that he's going to be on the opening day roster. But my question to you is, do we need to move the line up a little bit or back a little bit? Would you take the over or under 10% chance Zach Veen on the opening day roster for the Rockies? So I'll throw in another wrinkle. And, Ooh, the, and I'm going to go over, and here's why. Look at the success for the guys who just won Rookie of the Year. Neither one of them had that triple-A time with Rodriguez and Harris both. Came straight to the majors from lower levels, made an impact. You know, all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe that could happen on our guy. Maybe we could do that. Now, I know that's not the Rockies' way. I get that completely. But I think you just see two rookies of the year who never played anything in AAA all of a sudden making an impact. I think it's more feasible now than maybe it, it was. Let's just say that. Kevin Henry, I think we just bumped up to 15%. <laughs> I'm going to go over. I am. Still, yeah, if we're at 15% now. That that makes sense. And, and think about just how the fans are going to react. Yeah. You've got a Tovar already. You, you know he's going to be on there. Mm -hmm. You throw a Veen on there as well, and all of a sudden people go, wait, this future vision for this team – yeah, it's now. It's crazy. It's right now. Yeah. Is is that the left-handed bat that plays center field yeah. at the top of the lineup? Maybe not center, but maybe. You, maybe. It's, you, you never know. Again, with good corner outfielders, I think Chris Bryant has, has pretty good defense, strong arm. Depending on who you put out there in right field, you might be able to kind of cushion that that transition. But I think that's, that's a great point. I think we're seeing that all throughout baseball. And you're right. Uh, historically, the Rockies have not been very aggressive with their promotions. I think that's changed since Bill Schmidt has been in charge and you're starting to see like, Hey, Jeff Wood might've been in charge, but you know, I, I had my own vision for these young guys and challenging them and, and moving them along. Even a guy like Alan Trejo, he skipped yep. low a, yep. you know, that was really one of the only guys in a good five year window of these guys really being challenged. And Joe rock skipping, skipped low a this past year. Um, we're, we're seeing it with a lot of them. And then zine again, uh, Veen that, that, that promotion. So, uh, that's very exciting. It is. 
That's you know, very exciting. And, and I think look at the success that, and again, different franchise I know, but all the success the Braves had this year with that rookie row with Grissom, yeah. with uh, Harris, with Strider. You know, I think that that's something that other teams look at and go, you know, if if they can make an impact for the NL East champs, why couldn't some of our rookies maybe do the same for us? I love that. Yep. I love, yeah, I, I think uh, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday. I, I sort of think the drought of Rookie of the Year award voting, because it's been five years yeah. since they've had any votes, uh, Marquez and, and Freeland in 2017, it's like, I think it's going to end. They've got enough bites so. at the apple with Tovar, Bouchard, maybe Zach Veen. Nolan Jones is also still, uh, I believe he still has rookie eligibility. He didn't uh, have enough uh, plate appearances um, so yeah, it really depends on how long he's been on the roster. So that will be interesting to see. The qualifying offer decisions finally uh, did come down. We know there's 14 guys. 12 of them declined. That's usually typically the way that it goes. Uh, one of those uh, players who declined, former Rocky, Tyler Anderson. How crazy has his journey been in, in a short amount of time? Because, look, a lot of guys have that journey of designated for assignment, waived, you bounce around to a couple teams, but – you know, two years after 2019, he, he goes and, and gets dumped uh, by the Rockies, you know, ha- has some injury issues there. Maybe he's going to make more than they want to pay him in arbitration. Jumps from the Giants, Pirates, Dodgers pick him up. Now, all of a sudden, Dodgers want to pay him $19.65 million in qualifying offer. Turns out Angels want to pay him even more. Three years, 39, around $39 million yeah. for his deal. How how wild has this journey have been? Has it, it been it's for crazy, you know, and, you know, you and I both covered Tyler whenever he was here, you know, and one of the most studious guys with the notebook, yeah. making sure, you know, he's keeping up with things. But the change in grip that he made with the changeup and health, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. the injuries here in Colorado. The fact he's finally healthy and he's got a grip now with that changeup that he's got such confidence in. We saw what it did with the Dodgers last year. Now, I think the Angels stretched a little. Let's be honest here. Uh, you know, I, I will be real curious to see how this contract plays out. But if he can carry that over just a little ways there on I-5, it makes a difference. Yeah, I can't remember the exact numbers of what the Cubs paid Tyler Chatwood, but it, it may have been more. I, I know it was a four-year deal, mm-hmm. so it might have been four years, 48, something like that. So it's actually in the ballpark of that. And you go, well, Anderson had a lot better free agent year Definitely. than Chatwood did. So uh, I, I do know what you're saying about a stretch, and if anyone's <laughs> going to need to do that, uh, it's the Angels to, yeah. to try to make this uh, potential final season for Otani a good one. Well, and if you're sitting there in your show, hey, do you go, okay, that made us better? I, I think on the surface you say yes, mm-hmm. and I think that's what the Angels are trying to show is that they can build something around Shohei. Yeah, Martin Perez, Jack Peterson, they accept their deals. Again, $19.65 million. I think the number is only like 10% of guys who get the qualifying offer actually accept. Anthony Rizzo declined and then immediately turned around, signed a two-year, $34 million over the next two years, but there's a buyout, so $40 million is going to be guaranteed. There's also a $17 million option on 2025. So uh, those guys making some money. Now we can really now we know who's really a free agent, right. what kind of draft pick compensation you're going to give up. That's settled. So now it's time to talk about the Manager of the Year Award winners. Terry Francona in the American League, probably the easiest. I mean, I don't know, maybe Aaron Judge as AL MVP is, yeah. is an easy one. J-Rod should have been unanimous. I, I agree with that. I was surprised he wasn't. But Terry Francona, I think, seemed like the slam dunk winner in the American League, uh, and he was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's hard to argue, honestly, with any of those guys. Uh, but, but I do think that what Terry did with Cleveland's payroll 
getting and in an AL Central that honestly fell apart, and they took advantage of it. You know, it wasn't like that they they caked walked in. They took advantage of everybody else falling apart, made a difference. Uh, yeah, I think Francona would have been my vote, honestly. Yeah, yeah, same. 2013-2016 Manager of the Year, so he now has three of those awards. Brandon Hyde finishes in second for Baltimore. Scott Service, third. Uh, no manager was named on every ballot. Uh, that was also true for the National League. I thought that was uh, kind of strange. I had it as Francona, Dusty Baker, then yep. Scott Service. As one, two, three, Baker ended up finishing fourth. Yet, he actually had more first-place votes, three, then the third place finisher Scott Service did. He only had one, and I started. I I, I love. I'm fascinated by. I, I almost want to come up with a metric to quantify like how well or how poor voters have done. And, and we'll get to your ballot because you've done very well. <laughs> you've done very well for yourself. So uh, you've got nothing to worry about here. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank goodness. But uh, some kind of algorithm to figure out, you know, where voters are going to go or like how how well how well they did. Basically, uh, how well are they at paying attention? So I thought this was interesting because this really jumped out in the American League, maybe even more so than the National League. Yeah. Voters for Manager of the Year award, and it might only be true for managers because I think players are a little different. But uh, the division that you watch the most is typically where the managers, uh, the the voters had their votes go to for the managers. Scott Service's one place vote came from an Oakland writer. Uh, Dusty Baker's three first place votes, two from the Angels, one from uh, Seattle writers. Brandon Hyde's nine first-place votes, two from Baltimore, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. None of the Yankees writers uh, appreciated what he was able to do there. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting how that aligned up with the division. Well, and they'll be curious to see if that same thing holds next year, obviously, with the balanced schedule. So you don't see those guys as much. So will that be something that we can look next year and go, oh, okay, fewer uh, in-division votes for guys? Be interesting. Great point. Buck Showalter. Ties Bobby Cox and TLR Tony Larusa with four Manager of the Year awards. He does it uh, for the first time in the National League. First time with four different teams. He didn't win one with Arizona. They won the World Series in two thousand one. That's also kind of wild to think. It about. is honestly, you know, and and Bucks. I, I, I think the NL Manager of the Year is the one that you can maybe argue a little bit. You know, I would argue all day on oh, that. Oh, absolutely, one. Thompson, Ollie Marmel. I think both those guys deserved a lot more recognition than they got. And you know, it's and, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter earlier today that the fact that Buck won Manager of the Year despite his team kind of collapsing and not winning the NL East, I, I think that there's something to be said there for that. That's also a bit unusual. Again, yeah. it wasn't on. Every ballot. Um, so I think he was left off like five ballots, which is also strange to think the guy who won the award wasn't even in the top three for five different people, five out of the 30. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I had it as uh, Roberts first, Marmol, and Bob Melvin. And Bob Melvin got one third-place vote by a San Diego writer, too. And so, like, yeah, that, that this was this was the strangest one. I was I was really surprised uh, by the finalists. But yeah, Mets did win 101 games, second most in franchise history. Okay, great. But you're right, kind of uh, blew it there. They did have a 27 win increase, which I think it was a lot of what uh, you know people were focusing that on. They also had a you know spent a lot of money in free agency. Uh, there's the other thing. Might not yeah. have gotten a ton of bang uh, for your buck as far as Max Scherzer was concerned, uh, since he was you know banged up a bit. But still. That was a big benefit. Uh, Baltimore had 28 wins uh, improved since last year, so you understand that. Uh, we also have, so yeah, uh, David Roberts was second. Brian Snitker was third. Marmol fourth. And then Rob Thompson, kind of surprised, fifth. I mean, 
in, in a good way of like, yeah, all right, people are paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. And and Thompson certainly deserved it. And I thought he took over the Phillies early enough in the season. It's true. That he would have finished in that top three. It wasn't like an all-star game decision yeah. or anything, but 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 alas. Not yeah. So much. yeah, it's one of those where if you had to go four or five deep, yeah. he maybe could have gotten like a little bit more support. But it's hard when you, know, you have third place and you maybe you throw a guy a, a bone. Maybe that's the case for, for Bowmel there. Uh, in San Diego, and you go well, the third. That, that has some value right there. That could that could change the balance of like who finishes in second, third, or fourth. I mean, Bomel deserves something just for dealing with the whole Tatis thing all year. I yeah, mean, some <laughs> some kind of gold star. I'm telling you, very true. Yeah, uh, Showalter uh, received only one in division vote. <laughs> so it was met as a Mets writer, and so I think that goes back to they blew the division. Don't reward that. Right. So seven of his eight came from outside of the division. Maybe those who maybe who weren't paying attention quite as much. Dave Roberts. Well, the Dodgers are all really good. Can you appreciate that? Well, NL West voters did. One from Arizona, both from LA, uh, the Dodgers. One from San Diego, one from San Francisco. So none of the Rockies better supported that <laughs> that uh, that concept. Three out of the seven from the NL East uh, for Snitker. Three out of the five for Ollie Marmol, and then both first place votes that Rob Thompson got were in division. Tip of the cap to Nick Rowe because he did nail one, two, three in well order for National League Manager of the Year. You nailed one, two, three for your second year in a row <laughs> in the National League Rookie of the Year award voting. Tip of the cap to you for that. Appreciate. It. What's your What's your general process? What How? Wh- what do you do with that kind of pressure? With with great responsibility, a- absolutely. With great power comes great responsibility. One of those things. Well, I'm just thankful <laughs> I wasn't the guy last year who kept India from getting the consecutive or the unanimous. But right. you know, this year, I'll be honest. I really thought that I was going to vote Strider. Uh, you know, I was in Atlanta mm. when he struck out the 16 Rockies that night. Yeah. You know, I and and I was just like, oh, this is a rookie of the year. There's no doubt about it. But the more I dove into what Harris meant to the team after he came up. The win streak that they went on every day, what he not only meant to them at the plate, but in the field as well. It really was that position player beating out a pitcher in my mind. So it was probably the last couple of days that I really decided I was going to go with Harris over Strider. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It wasn't until like I, I started digging into the numbers that I realized Michael Harrison is doing everything Julio Rodriguez yeah. is. Right? Yep. It wasn't on the, wasn't on the stage for the home run derby. Obviously, for that, got called up. You know, late May. I think my, May twenty eighth might have been his debut. But you're right; he was a major catalyst for him. It doesn't have the same swag too. That's the other thing. Doesn't have the J Rod swag. I would say doesn't have the Quadzilla swag no. of a Spencer Strider. So very kind of unheralded. But as you said, you do your homework, you get it right. And you did. Well, I appreciate that. And, and it was something that, you know, you look at everything that Atlanta has done as far as locking up these young guys. You know, I mean, Harris could technically be playing for him until 2030. Wow. I mean, think think about these these contracts that they've done. They've got young talent. They've done it the right way. They've developed them properly. And, I mean, kudos to the Braves for having top two there. I mean, the Rockies and all 30 teams drafted players that are the same ages, if not older. Michael Harris the right. second, so that yep. puts in perspective uh, of how great, great he's been, uh, how great game time tickets has been. I can't even uh, put it into words exactly, but I'll I'll do my best to let you know. You get up to sixty percent off the ticket value when you wait closer to the first pitch for the the first strumming of a concert when the doors open. All that stuff you can get tickets on the fifty yard line. You're gonna want to get your your Taylor Swift tickets now. You can get them, yes, on game time tickets. You might not want to wait. Uh, Nine months uh, and, and close to, to the doors going opening for twelve thousand dollars for resale. 
Okay, so reasonable is what you're saying. <laughs> so, wow, all right, way cheaper than I thought. People have time. waited four and a half hours, six hours, some uh, people, and it, yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, let Susie know you're thinking about her because she, <laughs> there you go. she was in She's the queue. Sad, yeah, she, there's like a queue for the queue, and then you get actually get in the room or whatever. She was in the room, still got shut out. So send her uh, your prayers and wishes over there. Uh, but you know what? She's got game time tickets. To, to help her through this, oh, yeah. uh, just like you all do. You can download the Game Time app, just like 15 million folks around the world. But also help us out a little bit if you can. Actually, click the link in our description to save, again, up to 60% off when you wait closer to first pitch or the start of an event. Hassle Cattle Company, this is where you got to go, my friend. Talk to me. Use code DNVR20. You get 20% off. Uh, Texas Cattle Farm there, family-owned. It's fantastic. They ship anywhere. It's it's wonderful. It's the um, blue collar American Wagyu because it's affordable, but it's delicious. The home chefs, you know, they they use that. Uh, that's the go to. We've got it at our tailgates again. Raider haters unite because Sunday it's going down there, so you can check some of that out. Uh, it, it's a wonderful reason. I think we got it here at the bar as well, so it's fantastic. Go over to HassleCattleCompany.com. H a double s e double l CattleCompany.com and use promo code DNVR twenty. For 20% off. So the offseason officially really getting going. We've got some moves finally happening. Chicago Cubs back in the mix. They are going to be players this hot stove season. Sounds like they want one of those primetime shortstops that are available. I think they're going to spend this year. And, and you know, personally... I mean, a Swanson, a Bogarts, it makes perfect sense for one of those guys to end up there. But there's so much buzz about Trey Turner maybe being yeah. that guy, you know? So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see which way the Cubs go. And is that the first domino of the shortstops to fall, you know, and, and win? There's the other thing. Are we, are we going to be at winter meetings and there's still going to be all these shortstops available? I'll be very curious. I think so. Yeah. You know, last year was was different because we got a taste of it. But not exactly. There also wasn't a winter meetings. It was the the winter the deadline, if you will, was, was the lockout. So basically, everyone signing frantically, almost oh, yeah. in that like final week, yep. right? How it ended up crazy. happening, uh, and then that's it. Communication breakdown, no whispers of anything, uh, unfortunately. But I I feel like that's usually the case. There's always one big signing, one big splash. Scott Boris comes out. You know, I think 2019 Garrett Cole to the Yankees. That was a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, that that was very memorable. I think think we may have to wait a little bit till that goes down. Well, if, if it gives us more Scott Boris quotes about his players, then you know, fantastic. Bring That's it. it. You know. Where's the Dior of defense going to go? <laughs> Carlos Correa. <laughs> Any inkling? Dodgers seem to be that team that Can that are really being whispered. Imagine Correa, the guy that they booed for so long, and all of a sudden going. Oh, yay. He's part of us now. Yeah. Well, that's been the wrinkle that's been suggested <laughs> that like, no, I don't, you know, the Dodgers don't necessarily do that to their fans. But look, once you're rooting for the laundry, if I this guy goes and he puts on, on, on the Dodger blue, you go, all right, I mean, I'm not going to forget, but all right, this is our guy. You hit a couple of walk-off homers, an opening day home run. All right, cool. It's good. Yep. You're, you're fine. It's also not New York where you're like, hey, we are waiting. We we look. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> smile, but in the, we're we cannot wait for you to slip up, and then we are gonna bust your ass. Yeah, I agree. That's with the that. New York vibe, Very LA vibe, <laughs> not as much. So, I think you can you can get away with that. How are the uh, the Rockies free agents gonna do out there? Carlos Estevez, Chad Cool, Jose Iglesias, 
Uh, Scott Oberg, also a free agent, but uh, of course, uh, it seems like he might be uh, looking to uh, to transition over to a role in the front office. Of those three guys, I mean, Estevez is probably going to make the most most money. What what are your thoughts and feelings on uh, any kind of landing spots for those three? I mean, of those three, I think Rockies have the best chance of re-signing Carlos. I think that that's mm. you know of the bunch. Uh, okay, I, I think my my personal opinion is the Chad Cool experiment has ended. Uh, I think that they'll find somebody else to be that fifth starter. I still think that if there's going to be a team out there looking to Seth Lugo to change over to a starter, why not the Rockies with the ground ball percentage and everything that he has? Just throwing that out there. Uh, but I don't, I, you know, and again, I'll fall on the Jose Iglesias sword like I always do with you. You know, a guy I didn't think a lot of last year proved, proved me wrong, proved a lot of people wrong, and I think he's elevated himself back up to that talk. He's not going to get Correa, anything like that. But there's going to be a team that's going to be really happy to sign him and get him. Yeah, but it won't be the Rockies. That's interesting you brought up Seth Lugo because I had that thought of like, maybe, just maybe. And then we're talking about Chad Cool. Chad Cool last year when uh, the lockout ended, he wanted to continue to be a starter. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a lot of teams out there that saw him more as a reliever. Yep. And the Rockies gave them that him that opportunity. So he signs there. Doesn't work out. Made for a really great memory against the Dodgers. Three hit shutout, complete game. No one has no one man had ever done that before. And you got to think, well, maybe if Seth Lugo really wants to be a starter, Rockies have been been known to be willing to give those guys a shot, and well, they they have that need. That could be a decent fit. Well, Mr. Urania stretched him back out to a starter, brought him in, re-signed him. I, I think it's a possibility. It's something yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. There, that that's an interesting concept. This idea that. The Rockies have fared a little bit better with these reclamation projects as as pitchers. You yep. know, last year you look at the roster and there really wasn't anybody that took a step forward. Right, everyone just kind of stagnated. There wasn't anybody that they brought into the organization. I mean, really, you can go back a while and say how many guys when they got to the Rockies got better. But they've been with these reclamation projects have done a nice job. Denilson Lamette kind of kicking around. They were able to utilize him very well, at least before like the, his final outing, which totally blew up his ERA, but he was really good before then. And you go, Hey, we got a guy who can be a setup man for 5 million. We're not gonna be able to sign someone in free agency. So that's really good. Jose Urania, they got some good innings out of him. Maybe he could do that. And you go, all right, the, the Rockies have kind of maybe had a magic touch almost in the pitching department. Maybe in a sense. So. You know, and with Estevez, I don't think you can overlook what Bard, how much Bard was cheerleading for him that last few weeks of the season, talking yeah. about how great they were meshing and how important it was that he set the table for him. So I think that uh, Bard will probably have a lot to say about if he comes back or not. I, I hope you're right in that. Well, you said he has the best chance of resigning. I would agree with yeah. that. I, I don't know that he will. I, I think the word has gotten out. Word should be getting out oh, yeah. about how great Carlos Estevez is. <clears throat> Overall, like just the he's the full package. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's a great nickname there. The full package, like right? That. Clubhouse leader. I mean, bridges the gap between some of the Latin players, the American players. Like he's fantastic. Goes out, you know. He, he posts every year. He might have a, an IL stint, but he, he's a big dude. Yeah. He goes out there. He shows up. I mean, he's gonna make some. I think three years, twenty-seven million. That's where I think you go. Oh, that's what Brian Shaw and and Jake McGee, two of the top relievers. You know, when they were free agents, I mean, I, th- I think Estevez in many ways is one of the top relievers oh, yeah. that are out here. And also, too, again, just with the general inflation, you know, four years, five years later, that's just kind of the going rate. Look at what Rafael Montero got. Exactly. 31-year-old guy. Yeah. Three years, what, close to $35 million. So three years, $27 million for Carlos Estevez. Too rich for the Rockies' blood? We'll find out. We'll find out. And I, I really do think that it's one of those things that 
he had such a great contract year. It bumped yeah. up that that money. It yeah. absolutely did. And think about how the season started too, where he couldn't strike anybody out. It was he he told such a great story about how he got ahead. I think it might have been Jonathan India. So it was late, right? It was not uh, the end of April, yeah, yeah. first first yep. weekend of May against the Reds. He got ahead of Jonathan India, o two one two. You know, spun spun a, a slider down and away, and India just barely got a bat on and put into play. And he looked out in the bullpen, and they were all laughing like, "That was your first strikeout of the year!" <laughs> like he had to wait forever to get it. <laughs> then he goes on and and uh, answers those questions. It's fantastic. Mariners, uh, they made a trade today. You know, we were talking about the situation in Toronto and kind of cutting loose with Ryan Maltapia. They're already down another outfielder. Uh, just traded Teoscar Hernandez to the Mariners uh, for. Two players. Yeah, it, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the the you know the Chris Flexen was the talk. It was, was going to be a one. one for one, kind of like they did with Gritchick and Tapia. But I was surprised how little return they actually got. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. On the surface, it feels like Seattle won that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, Hernandez. I think might only have one more year left of of club control. So that's yep. somewhat of a rental again. Maybe Seattle thinks they can uh, re-sign him a little bit longer. Adam Mako, looking a minor league uh, pitcher. I think he's looking to become the first Serbian-born player. Uh, I think he was raised in Canada, but he was born in Serbia. Nice. So first in in quite some time, which is pretty neat. And then Eric Swanson, who has. Uh, some really interesting numbers. So Toronto at least bolstering their bullpen there yep. and getting a few more years of club control. But Mariners, Chris Flexen's kind of being dangled out there. So is a Colorado native. Uh, was he Rocky Mountain High School or Fort Collins High School? Now I'm drawing a blank. But he's from Fort Collins. Yeah. His father was the pitching coach, Frank Gonzalez. Uh, no longer. I think he's, he's out as uh, the Isotopes pitching coach. But Marco Gonzalez, two years left on his deal uh, worth about $19 million. There's also a $15 million club option for 2025. Is that a fit for the Rockies? Uh, a storyline-wise, sure. <laughs> Budget line-wise, wow. I'm not sure. How about that? <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, my personal take is, I I mean, I looked at some of the numbers, and, and every time I look at a pitcher, I go to a ground ball rate right off the bat. You know, and, and Marco's kind of on that low end of where I think the Rockies would really like to have it. So I just don't see numbers-wise that, that he is. But great story, absolutely, if he would. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. A uh, good story for Grand Junction. The rebrand, Jackalopes, thumbs Jackalopes. up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. I got a thumbs up, too. Absolutely, thumbs up. Are, are you going to buy any, uh, any of the Jacks gear I, when it comes out? I swag, absolutely. I hope they can get it out in time for the holidays. That so would be people, you know, cool. that, that would be good for them because yeah. they they're a small organization now here uh, in our state. Uh, congrats. We talked about managers uh, of the year. They had a manager of the year, Pioneer League, Jinx, Bobby Jenks. The man. How about that? Former White Sox closer. <laughs> Fantastic. And and Red Sox. I think he won a World Series with the Red Sox, too. I have to look that up. Maybe 2004? I can only think of it with one Sox, or maybe, yeah. That's, that's the, it. The other one, yeah. Yeah, so con- congrats to him. Uh, that's pretty neat. And they also had the Rookie of the Year in the Pioneer League. League. Nico Papa. Hit over 400. Dude. Good for that guy. I'm ready for some Pioneer League, Pioneer League ball again this that's year. That's it. You know, seriously. Do you get a chance to go to Kansas City at all? I feel like you, you're a big Kansas City guy. I, you know, yeah. There's a Bud Black story I'll tell you sometime about Ooh. back in the day. But, yes, absolutely. You know, living in Tulsa, you strive up to KC all the time. for That's it. Games. Yeah, they're going to be in Kansas City this year. I think I might want to make that drive. That would be good. That would be, f- I mean, yeah, you can trip. fly too, but yeah. Yeah, you know. that might be a, a fun road trip. Uh, we'll talk more about this on Thursday's show and look at the renderings. We love looking at, this is renderings week. We love looking at ballpark <laughs> renderings. Conversation about a downtown stadium in Kansas City. Would that work? 
gosh, you know, the, the Arrowhead Royal Stadium is just so nice right now with that huge parking lot and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big Royals guy. I mean, as far as their stadium, I yeah. love Kauffman. Yeah. So I would hate to see it go away, but the, but the renderings are nice. Nice they renderings. Are. They I are. Enjoy a nice rendering. <laughs> and I don't know how deep we're going to get into this because we're wrapping up, but Major League Cricket, you in? Are you out? Are you intrigued? Had you even heard of this? Uh, these aren't the crickets you eat in Seattle. You're no, me. not the different. flavored okay, ones. All right. No, Major League Cricket. <laughs> no. It's coming to America. Uh, they're going to, and it's weird. There's there's like four teams, I think, or maybe six. Low amount, mostly on the coast, Seattle, New York, maybe okay. San Francisco. But they're going to have their season. It's like over the course of two weeks. That's it. I guess maybe that's how cricket works. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a cricketer. Grand person, Prairie, no. Texas. So right in between, right in between Dallas and, and Fort Worth. Wow. Uh, I think it's where the, the, uh, the Texas Air Hogs played or used to play. Uh, I think they even tore down the stadium. And so they built like a cricket-specific stadium. It's coming. I am very interested in seeing how this goes. I don't know that's going to immediately like jump to the you know, middle of the pack in sports. You know, I don't, know where, I don't know where the middle is necessarily. It's it's definitely below MLS, but still, where is it going to be on the radar? I don't know, but I am interested. I'll get my jackalope swag before that. How about that? Let's just put it that way. That's, that's a good way of, of putting it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, you can put it to us any way you like on Twitter, uh, where you can follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies, at Patrick D. Lyons. Is where I'm at, Kevin. Let let folks know uh, where they can find your work. Fan sided, obviously. At fan sided MLB, at Call of the Pin, at KGH23. You know, uh, certainly uh, misconnecting with so many Rockies fans uh, now that we're not doing Rocks Pile and moved over to Call of the Pin. So, uh, but glad to be over there. Absolutely. But you're a guy who knows your Rockies, obviously. Dude, I love Look my at Rockies. that. Absolutely. You got you got your cred here. This has been uh, this has been fantastic, Kevin. I appreciate you joining Always me. Always fun, my friend. This is great. Always. Rolling into the week, rolling into Thursday, but. Fortunately, you know what they say about momentum. It is only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you tomorrow. Back with Susie at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube.